Welcome back to the Kings of Warheart Lane podcast. This is episode three. So far, we've an estimated audience of 20 people, so pretty uh, pretty pleased with that. The first episode definitely performed better than the second, so going to have to really deliver on this episode. Uh, but anyway, since the last time that we, we spoke last week, Mourinho has lost his unbeaten record as Tottenham manager. We've lost two out of three, so this is definitely taking a slump, so... Uh, yeah, there's going to be a new kind of mood with the, the podcast. We're on a low note, you could say, maybe, even though one of those games was meaningless. But Luke Carell joins me again. How are you, Luke? Hi, James. Very good, thanks. Thanks for having me on again. Munich game happened last night, but maybe, you know, chronological order, start off in that way. Uh, so the Man United game, that was Mourinho's first first defeat as Tottenham manager and lost 2-1 at Old Trafford. And what was kind of like your immediate reaction to that match how do you think that we played well to be honest i'm going to be even less used than i usually am this podcast because it's it's christmas uh christmas uh, christmas party season in london at the moment and i was playing drunk mini golf at the same time as my United <laughs> game so i saw the scores coming through my phone and um, managed to dip out of the party for a while and happened to catch the happened to catch Ali, uh, ali's goal but yeah, apart from that, we didn't see much of the game. I didn't really feel like watching the extended highlights afterwards. My immediate reaction, though, was I kind of, I know we talked on the phone, uh, we talked on the last podcast about it being like such an opportunity to go up to Old Trafford and get a win. They're in such a bad place and we're in such a good place. Um, and yeah, just so disappointed that it kind of, we just fizzled out and didn't really show it. And I don't know if that's going to be like a worry for Mourinho. I know we've gone off to a good start, but the two, big teams we played in Bayern Munich and my United we've lost both games um so yeah just just really disappointed really yeah yeah I was just really disappointed with the way that we kind of showed up we were like very passive it kind of felt like one of those Pochettino games that we've we've had over the past couple of months where we just kind of failed to deliver in any sense like I thought the team that we picked was was okay. Like I think that there was nothing really wrong with the lineup. Like you could say that Indombele could have started or Lacelso potentially. But um, yeah, like in terms of the midfield, I think Winks, Winks and Sissoko were really dreadful, particularly at the beginning. And yeah. uh, like just couldn't get a grips on the game. And like Kane had absolutely no service. Uh, our defense was kind of all over the place. Gazaniga for their first goal, really, really poor by him. Uh, but our, our midfield is becoming a bit of a, a real worry. Well, not that it wasn't before, but it's really kind of Mourinho seems to be struggling to see what his midfield actually is. Um, I, I'm not convinced at all about Dyer. I know he's no, captain yeah. last night, um, but I just don't really see it. Apart, apart from, I'm a huge fan of Ndombele. Yeah, um, I'd love to see it, but he's been kind of a bit of injury prone, and also Jose, even when he's fit, hasn't really. Like pushed him into the starting lineup as much as I would have expected. Um, so yeah, I'm a bit. I don't know. I'm a bit. It's a really big concern. Probably something that, as much as we need to strengthen our defence, we also need to strengthen kind of that deeper lying midfield as well. Definitely, yeah. I just think in my own head, I think Dyer just looks heavy. Like I think he looks too big to play football at the minute. Like I think when he was really good for us, he looked quite skinny, like breaking through under Pochettino. He almost looks like a rugby player in my head now, and. Just even in the Bayern Munich game, like we'll get to that later on, but he was just, he looked exhausted. Like I think he was being ran around by probably a lot more technically gifted players than he is, but uh, yeah, I, I'd have my. Is there, is there such a thing? Well. <laughs> is there such a thing? <laughs> Who knows? Like, yeah, Dyer is absolutely 
made to play football. That is clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the midfield, like, I totally agree. I don't know. Like, I think Ndombele, he has to become kind of the key for us in terms of, um, I think he could add, like, to the defensive side of his game. But at the minute, like, he, he's having his own fitness issues. He looks a bit overweight, I think, as well. Um, he's struggling to complete, like, 90 minutes. He looks a bit leggy. Like, at the minute, he can't play back-to-back games, which is a concern. And he doesn't have a history of injury, uh, of injuries troubling him, like, playing for Leon. So a lot of our fans have, like, a kind of doubts around our medical team as well because there's just some players who we just can't seem to get fit or they just really have mm. problems. Like Eric Lametta is just constantly on the sidelines. Like he always has that classic good start to the season and he's tailing off now. He'll probably come back in the new year because Christmas period doesn't really suit him. Um, but yeah, uh, just it's a bit bit of a conundrum the way that we're, our midfield is going. I think, yeah, Dyer, he's not necessarily filling what we need him to do. Winks is a bit, bit of a... I don't know. It's kind of hard to, to see what he adds to the side. Like, I know he keeps it tidy, but I think he needs someone defensively minded alongside him. I don't he I don't think he contributes a whole lot, really. Then the problem is if you play someone defensively minded him, alongside him, he's not a player who's going to progress the attack either. And then you're kind of taking two midfielders out of your... Neither of them will be contributing to attack them. Um, yeah. So it's a very defensive setup all of a sudden. It's, it's a defensive player, and then Winks, who can pass the ball sideways. So... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just think that that midfield partnership of Sissoko and Winks, like neither of them, uh, neither of them can kind of be confident that the other one is good enough defensively, and they kind of play. Yeah. Um, I'm basically copying uh, what the guys on the Athletic podcast said here, so I'm gonna pretend like if anyone listens to the the Athletic, this is pretty much exactly what they're saying. But it is interesting just to to see um, that kind of midfield developing. Like I suppose. Uh, we could move on to Burnley then because I think that was like a better performance. Like, what did you think of that game yourself? I was so again, <laughs> I wasn't actually, didn't actually watch this one. Um, do you want, these are two of the, I can't think of, I, don't, I haven't missed any games um, either been at them or else I've watched them on TV for Spurs yeah. this season. These are the only two and they've come, they've come two games in a row. I was at a rugby <laughs> match um, watching, watching rugby so I didn't see this one but yeah, 5-0 great to get that back um, and great to finally get a clean sheet as well and I'm pleased for Gazaninga I hope that'll give him a bit of confidence because as you mentioned in the United match he was shaky and he's looked shaky for the last few games um, I'm not sure you, maybe you can tell me if he had any saves to make um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Did, did he? yeah he had um, he had one really good save it was just before half time I think Ashley Barnes uh headered it and he had like a fingertip save and it hit the underside of the bar and then Sanchez cleared it off the line that was the only really dangerous moment that Burnley had in the game I think like yeah it was good to see as well like the reaction from us like um I was looking for that or like at least hoping for it that Mourinho would really have been kind of getting into the players during the week and saying like I want you guys to show me that like you can react well after defeat like it was interesting that he was saying uh he felt the players were sad after the Man United defeat, but he wants them to be angry. And I think you could kind of yeah. see immediately from kickoff that they wanted to to get into it. I was I was at this game. It was my first game since uh, the Bayern Munich Bayern game, Munich. which was yeah. ter- terrible. And I think this is my first win, actually. What was it? Um, I think I saw like about four or five defeats in a row. 
Well, so, we saw City. We saw City one 0 last season. Was that the last win you saw? Yeah, that was that was the only win that we saw together. And then we saw Ajax lost that in the Champions League, lost to West Ham the week after. Yeah. Then we've yeah. seen Newcastle lose this season. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then yeah. we watched what was the other game Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich yeah. <laughs> and then this so yeah I don't know like we, we're doing this podcast together but it seems to be like when we're at games together we have an absolutely horrendous record <laughs> ridiculous yeah it's been <laughs> absolutely ridiculous I think we've only seen one goal together up until the Bayern Munich game but we scored kind of two goals that day but not that it really mattered in the end yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's ridiculous. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, it was it was really good to see them win because it's not a familiar feeling for me at the minute. But uh, yeah, really really impressive stuff. Like I know we were we were kind of slating Dyer in terms of like his performance in maybe the game last night or whether or not like he's the the right choice going forward. But to be fair to him, that was probably his best game for us in a good while. Like it kind of looked like he was covering the ground like he used to, and he was confident in his passing and there was more like do you think he's more serious to the Premier League yeah yeah definitely like a team like Burnley they're not really they're not going to pass around you their biggest yeah. threat is kind of going long and I think that that suits him in games where he has to cover a lot of ground I think that's his his weakest point because his fitness I'd say it's um probably something to do with his illnesses over the past uh year or so and like the kind of added muscle that he's put on so I think yeah. maybe uh, yeah, maybe in the Premier League he should only kind of feature in these kind of games where we're going to be having the ball most of the time. But for those really big games, I think we still probably have to stumble upon like what the best formula is for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you saw three um, magnificent moments, I'm sure. So you saw Suzuko's goal, you saw San go, which is one of the best goals at White Hart Lane, either the old one or this one. And yeah. you saw Troy Parrott's debut. Troy Parrott. Yeah, yeah. Like, as an Irish fan, that was amazing seeing Troy Parrott. Troy Parrott. Come off the bench. And uh, there was, like, one moment where he was, he was like, chasing for a ball. Like, a Burnley defender kind of did, like, a half half pace kind of back pass towards the goalkeeper. And for a second, I thought Parrott. Troy Parrott. I was in, I was like, go on, Troy, go on. It's, like, literally the only, the only voice in the stadium there. Uh, <laughs> So as if like, oh, that's my cousin. I like, and totally, someone could have believed that. <laughs> and what about Son's girl? That was running away from you to the south side, wasn't it? What, what was that like? Oh yeah, that was unreal. Like that was one of the best girls I've seen live, to be honest. Like, because you don't see that, that. Like, I know sport, but those those moments where someone is just doing it on their own and their their own talent and skill is just standing out for everyone to watch, and just like the anticipation building of each. Each person that he beat, and when he got through on goal, like you're just hoping that he can finish it off <laughs> for his own sake, just to have it. But yeah, that was that was an unbelievable moment, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then Sissoko as well. I got to see it um, the week before, uh, and now you got to see your own Sissoko goal. Nice finish. Yeah, yeah, and that that was a good move as well. That started like deep in our own half. Um, there was a good analysis as well on like the way that Tottenham were kind of chasing in packs again. I think that uh, that Son is like the trigger, say when the opposition have the ball, that everyone tries as fast as they can to get the ball back. And then Suzoko was linking up the play nicely with Kane and really good composure for his goal. Um, and he was saluting right in front of us. So that was that was such a funny moment as well. 
Uh, <laughs> never thought I'd see Sissoko score a goal alive. Never mind Tottenham win. <laughs> he doesn't score shit goals, does he? Two, two good goals in a row. Yeah, back-to-back goals in the Premier League. What is going on? Or back-to-back home Premier League goals. It's too easy for him. He doesn't want to score easy goals. He wants to score those nice goals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, just uh, the substitutes that came on, I thought that was interesting as well, that they were all teenagers, that Troy Parrott... Troy Parrott. 17 years old, and then Skip and Sessegnon, both 19 so that was good that uh, Sessegnon got on the pitch under Mourinho for the first time as well. I'm pretty sure that's true. That was his first appearance under Mourinho. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I remember him playing before. Yeah, so, um, yeah, great performance. Like, no real weaknesses. I think, like, yeah, Son was probably the star of the show and Sanchez had a great game as well, I felt. Because um, I think Sanchez, probably in his own head, he feels like he has something to prove to Mourinho because I think those comments... Whenever United beat Ajax in the Europa League final a couple of years ago, he was saying that they specifically targeted Sanchez because they felt he yeah. was really weak on the ball. And I think Sanchez, the more and more he plays, it's nice that he's he's been a key player for us so far and yeah. that he's kind of like slowly impressing uh, Mourinho in that sense. So, yeah, that was that was a big, big moment for him, I think, to have. That was probably his strongest game I've seen, us, seen him play for us, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I suppose, hopefully you watched the Bayern Munich game, did you? <laughs> I did, yeah. I watched okay, all the Bayern Munich game. Uh, <laughs> yes, I could at least talk about something today. Um, okay. Yeah, well, I was so disappointed when the team was lined up with Bordeaux at that uh, Pirate. Troy Parrott. I wasn't starting. I really thought he'd be in there. And I'm a bit kind of, I don't know, it was a bit of a, a strange strange formation. Actually. I don't know, I didn't. Lucas was kind of playing up front by himself and didn't really seem to suit him at all. He never really got into the game. Um, uh, Sassanian played really well, though, I thought, especially in the first half. He looked really good attacking-wise. Attacking um, showed a few things going forward, which is nice. And his goal, his finish with his goal, was really, really good. Um, for me, like the one player that stood out for me in the first half, uh, we didn't really go to play any football all the second half. But in the first half, Lo Celso, I thought, was just excellent up at the kind of linking the play together. And yeah. giving that ball to the to the attacking uh, to the attacking players, um, which is something that we kind of miss when we don't have a player like that really. So he was, I just thought, yeah, his kind of little touches, his turns in and around, across kind of the, the box to boxes was really really good. Um, yeah, and then I guess I don't know. There's not really losing three one away to Bayern Munich when you put out a second string side and they are pretty much their first thing. It isn't really disappointing but the thing that was disappointing I guess for me was that some of the players I wanted to see have a go like Parrot Troy Parrot and uh, Tangana didn't really get that shot yeah really frustrating actually like I like to play Lucas Moura centrally up front like I think Mourinho was saying beforehand that he wanted to use this game to find out more about players that he hasn't seen yet and to me like he knows like Lucas Moura has played in every single game for us as part of like a front four, so he didn't really need to see more of him. And I think like Parrot Troy Parrot. That would have been like really useful just for his experience and, and to see more of him because he's only played five minutes under Mourinho as like a sub against that uh, in the Burnley game. So yeah, yeah, that and was then you're bringing, and then you bring Son on as well to replace yeah. him. It's like what's the point with the three one then? We don't need to chase this game to win it. Uh, as you said to me yesterday, you don't need to risk injuring Son 
and give give the young guy a chance. Give Pirate. Troy Parrot. A chance. Yeah. Um, exactly. Maybe, and maybe he felt that there was no service to the to the forwards and that he was he didn't want to parrot. Troy Parrot. It's quite a he wants parrot. Troy Parrot. Come on in a game where he was going to get service and once was going to have an opportunity and not one way just kind of standing around. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because I suppose like we didn't really create that many chances in the second half. Like, except no. actually, um, Son probably should have scored twice actually when after he yeah. came on. True. And I think that that probably would have flattered us though if we managed to get like a draw out of that game because Bayern Munich hit the post a few times. They they got through so easily. I think probably the. The biggest concern last night was like our fullback performances, like Danny oh, Rose. Yeah. Oh my God! Like <laughs> he's made more mistakes in the goals than any other Spurs player this season. He's been, he's just completely collapsed. Like he used to be decent defensively, he's just he's awful now. And Walker Peters, it didn't seem like he had any confidence at all yesterday. Um, he was kind of being outpaced. He was being outmuscled. He was like losing players all over the place. When yeah. he did get forward, he didn't really put in any dangerous balls. It was so disappointing for him. To be honest, at this stage, I think we're better just to cut our losses with Walker Peters and just sell him on. And he's not going to turn into the player that everyone wants him to be. So I don't know what's the point in persisting and keeping him around. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Like, I don't think he's the level that we need, like, in terms of Premier League, Champions League. Like, it's it's unfortunate for him because he was, he was so good at, like, a, a younger age level for us. But probably, like, that lack of... Like first team play, like Marie, yeah. uh, Pochettino, he always preferred to keep his best young players as part of the squad because he felt his coaching was more beneficial than sending them out on loan to maybe a club that doesn't play in the same way. But uh, I think that's probably backfired for us because, yeah, there was there was a moment where Walker Peters, I think, it was in the first half where he had a chance to cross it and it was a really really poor ball. He wasn't really under any pressure, and then the camera kind of panned to Mourinho and he was just puffing his cheeks out as if like Jesus, that that is like not what I kind of expect of a fullback that's going to be playing for me. Yeah. Well, it's hard to see Mourinho picking guys like him and Rose again, unless there's kind of a big injury list. Um, I don't think Mourinho is going to want to pick either of them. Nah. Yeah. And like Rose, like his, uh, the way he's conducting interviews as well, like he's, he's saying he has eight, 18 months to go on his contract and he's going to stay no matter what. Like he's not thinking about leaving and just, Given that situation, like I know we're complaining about, say, Ericsson's contract situation, the way he's playing, and with Rose, like he's not even performing. Like I know Ericsson is is really dropped off a cliff in terms of his form as well. But yeah, I think we should just really cut our losses with Rose as well, and even release him on a free in in January or at the end of the summer. Like yeah. I just yeah. really don't think he's a good influence to have because he's. He's just being stubborn in his his kind of ways, and he's not even showing that level of performance. So I literally see no benefit to having Rose around the squad anymore. No, I agree completely. Actually, one thing I wanted to say as well, um, when you mentioned Son earlier, I'm sure you'll disagree with this, but for me, I think when Son, in the situations where Son goes through on goal, more often than not, he doesn't score. And if that's Kane, I'd be so confident in Kane scoring. And Son is obviously like, probably our best player this season um, and he's absolutely brilliant but in those situations I feel like a world class player has better finishing rate than he does I'm sure you'll disagree with that yeah no well actually 
I probably probably do agree in some moments. Like I can think just there of say Man City away last season. We had just knocked them out of the Champions League, and I was watching it a year. I actually remember, and Son had like a few massive chances. Like he was he was like City's biggest problem for them that day, and he missed really clear cut chances where he's through on goal. And yeah, like I think Son is probably better when he has less time to think. Yeah. Yeah. For when it comes to finishing anyway. It's those ones where he breaks through the line and he's literally the one-on-one with the keeper from a long distance out. And Kane just like, he either blasts it or as he waits for the keeper to move and then just like places it in the net where Son kind of does neither. Um, and yeah, as you say, most of his goals are kind of like either reactionary or kind of from a bit of distance outside, like kind of edge of the box cuts in and just curls it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one part of his game I think isn't, isn't world-class. Yeah, it's actually interesting. I never really thought of that before, but um, yeah, I think he's still obviously a fantastic player for us, but I think, uh, yeah, he'd probably need to improve on that, whether like him and Kane do like uh, finishing practice, like after training together, just kind of like learn off each other. That could be something uh, going forward. I'd actually rather see Lucas break through than... Yeah, yeah, he's a better finisher, yeah. Yeah. And... So in terms of uh, Suzuka, there was a after his great performance against Burnley, there was there was a moment where uh, we were one one at this stage and and he breaks through and all he had to do was rope to Sessegnon after scoring like a fantastic goal and he does this there he has moments where you think like how is Musa Suzuka a professional footballer where it, it, it looks like he's an athlete who has just been given like a pair of football boots and <laughs> he tries to do his best and he doesn't do one thing or the other. It's like his, his brain is disconnected to his body and it just <laughs> is absolutely horrendous what he did. Like it wasn't a cross or a pass. It was just like some kind of chipped like through ball to a, a person in the crowd. <laughs> it was so bad. And it was, uh, I, again, I, sorry, go on. Like Suzoko, do you, do you think Suzoko should be, uh, seen as like a key player for us like i know he has his good moments but there there are times where you think like he just really isn't good enough for for the level that we aspire to be at yeah the problem is that we're saying that about pretty much every one of our midfielders i would agree with that but then it's like becomes who do you play um for me yeah. I like again ericsson was just like a passenger in that game really and I don't know, I'd love to see like, getting a run of games and Dombele fit, and I'd love to see this also be brought in to be more of a key player. I don't really understand why Jose hasn't brought in this also. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, I'd agree with you that Suzoko, for a club who wants to be kind of challenging for the Premier League, but challenging for the Champions League, he's not the kind of standard of player you'd expect to see there, but at the moment we don't have an alternative, and I would, I would, I would rather see Suzoko on the team than Winks or Dyer. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd have to agree with that, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, and I think the biggest thing, one of the big things from last night was that, like, Mourinho, he he wasn't saying that he's taking any conclusions from the match, like, losing, like, pretty convincingly to Bayern, but there was, like, a few players who obviously, who had their first appearances under him or, like, their first kind of significant action, and... I've seen this kind of around like Spurs Twitter like today as well. And he was saying that he was impressed with Juan Foyth. And that was like the first time that he's played there. Do you think Foyth could potentially play defensive midfield for us instead of Dyer? Like he's defensively minded and he's good on the ball and he's he's quicker than Dyer. Do you think that could work? I haven't really thought of that. Yeah, it's a good shade. He, he, he also tends, at centre-back, he tends to sometimes 
carry the ball too much um, and try things which kind of have my like heart in my mouth basically when he tries to like turn a turn an attacker. Um, where at CDM it's slightly less bad if you kind of do that and it doesn't work out. So yeah, it's a, it's a good point. The only thing from his personal development is that we've kind of been shifting him around now from centre back to right back to CDM. Um, yeah, yeah. But if if it was something, yeah, I, I would definitely would be up for seeing that because to be honest, I just hate seeing dire play uh, at the moment because it doesn't even feel like his job of breaking up the play. He doesn't even do that. Uh, and he obviously nothing going forward. So it's like, it's becoming, what does he actually do? Um, Winks for me has regressed as well. So yeah, I would be definitely, I'd like to see that. Maybe give him a shot in a couple of, bring him on in a couple of games where we can afford to bring him on. That 5-0 would have been a perfect one, but obviously it didn't happen then. But yeah, bring him on. Let's see how he goes. Yeah. And up next we have Wolves away. We have we have two massive games coming up actually in terms of the the top four. We have Wolves on the weekend, and then we have Chelsea just before Christmas Day. And I think the Chelsea game's at home, so they're like two massive games. Like say if Chelsea were to lose their their first game on the weekend, and we beat Chelsea, then we're level on points with them and potentially in the top four. So I think Mourinho's Mourinho's work so far to have. To be lucky enough to be in that position where we could be top four by Christmas Day, that would be fantastic. Be a fantastic start for Mourinho, do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. To be honest, I'm actually I'm probably more worried about the Wolves game than the Chelsea one. Um, yeah. In terms of I, I've been more confident against Chelsea at home. Uh, I think Chelsea are kind of starting to falter a bit now and with such a young team, I, I really think, like we, well, like we said, you know, they're there for the taking. Um, yeah, but Wolves just have that thing. They just I seem to always turn on against the the top six and away from home. It's a tough place to go. Um, we've had what we've had one away game under um, Jersey in the Premier League. Sorry, two now, and it lost one, one, one. But it was against a really, really shit West Ham team. I don't know. I, yeah, I can see us. I can see us probably drawing on the weekend and then hopefully turning over um, Chelsea the the following game. Yeah, and like a draw away to Wolves isn't the worst result in the world. Like no. they have, they do have a decent team, and like you kind of have to to uh, to respect their home record as well. Like they're they're no pushovers. Like it's not going to be like a West Ham game where they're like an out of form team. Like they do have some quality players, even even if they only got promoted a couple of years ago. They actually have a few players that you wouldn't mind at Tottenham as well. But um, yeah, in terms of. Okay, so this is a new feature that we're looking to introduce. This is uh, the flop of your flop of the week and your top of the week. <laughs> so we can have like a nice little rhyme. I'm gonna put in a little jingle here, which you can hear now. Flop of the week. It's the top of the week. The top player. It sounds it sounds vaguely sexual. Flop of the week and top of the week. <laughs> <laughs> So, so who would be your flop of the week then? It, who, someone who played maybe all three games if there is someone. Um, it would be a hard one. I'd probably go for Dyer. Flop of the week. Um, <laughs> After probably... slating him the entire episode. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I guess we didn't really have high hopes for him. So by flop, do you need someone we had high hopes for him? Like, 
Oh, sorry, oh, flop. flop. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, yeah, I forgot what I'm saying. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> I probably would have gone for Rose or, or Walker if they had played more games, but of the three games, they, didn't, they only played one. Um, they were absolutely awful. But yeah, Dyer's for me because uh, Jose keeps persisting with them. And uh, it clearly is like an integral part of his plan. It's just really disappointing to see him to continue um, in the games I've seen to perform like he has. And just, he's come back such a long way from the player he was when he first broke onto the team with us. So yeah, he'd be my flop of the week. What about you? Yeah, um, in terms of last night, I'll probably pick someone from the Bayern game who picked, uh, who played in that game. Danny Rose hasn't played enough. Um, could be someone like Christian... Actually, no, that's unfair. Ericsson has only come on as a sub. I'll edit this out if it's if this goes on too long. Um, <laughs> every player in the team. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. I don't want to pick the same player as you, potentially. Hmm. Who could I go for? Gazaniga? <laughs> so, yeah, the Man United game. Uh, Burnley, he was all right. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'll probably, yeah. So, my my flap of the week is uh, Paolo Gazaniga. Flap of the week. Because I thought for kind of the biggest test, like obviously Bayern Munich didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but for our first big away game, just to kind of hit, to let him let that shot slip in at his near post. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't even going in when, when Rashford took the shot. It was just the way that he pammed the ball. Uh yeah, Gazaniga, not too impressed with him. I wouldn't want him to be our number one going forward. So I think I wouldn't mind a new goalkeeper, to be honest. Like, I think Lloris has kind of regressed over the past couple of years. And there's definitely so, room for improvement there. So so it's just a, just a new goalkeeper defense and midfield. That's all we need. Yeah, that's all we need. The attack is fine. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. about your top of the week? Who's your top of the week? Top of the week. Uh, top of the week. Okay. Hmm. It's actually hard uh, because it's hard because uh, like the, the front line didn't really play against Bayern Munich, and then um, Man United. We were all like we were very poor against Man United, apart from maybe Delhi. But then Delhi was poor, well not poor, but he was quiet against um, against Burnley. Actually, Burnley, yeah. You mentioned earlier about Jose wanting to see sadness rather than anger. Sorry, anger rather than sadness when we lose. Don't know if you saw when Delhi came off the pitch in that game. He was like smacking his boot off the ground and like just really pissed off basically about how he played. Yeah, yeah, actually, I noticed that. Um, yeah, in terms of top of the week, it is it is hard. Like, say, someone who played Alderweireld. Uh, actually, yeah, I'll go. I'll go with um, Toby Alderweireld. It's the top of the week. The top player. I think, like I say, like Ali was brilliant against um, United. He was one of our few kind of pozos. But um, yeah, I think the way Alderweireld, like he. He's he's one player who, despite his kind of contract situation, I think he's completely um, done himself justice in terms of the way he performs for us. Like you wouldn't even know that there's anything on his mind. Like he he's so consistent and like the way that he we set up a, a few of our goals. I think uh, against Burnley with Alderweireld, or that could be completely wrong. Um, I might be thinking of the Bournemouth game, um, but yeah, Alderweireld is he's just so solid and like the way. In a pretty makeshift back four, I thought he was he was doing pretty well, and you could kind of sense the leadership that he had. I think for Coutinho's goal yesterday, we were giving Coutinho so much space a couple of times to take a shot, and no surprise, he eventually scored one. And you could just see the anger that Alderweireld had, and he was he was really kind of drilling in 
to the, the other defenders, like you can't give him that much space. And I think that'll probably be something that our defense will learn from as well. So Alderweireld, despite his uh, contract situation, I think he has been our top of the week. Look, <laughs> <laughs> oh, for me, I was hoping you'd go on longer because I'm struggling to think. I think I'll be controversial and give my top of the week to um, a player who only played one game. Um, but I think he's oh, a yeah. glimmer of what kind of what I really want to see from our midfield. Uh, and that's Lasalso. It's the top of the week. The top player. I really hope that the first half against Bayern Munich is enough to kind of let Jose know what he can do and put him into his team. So hopefully Jose is listening to, Jose is listening to this pod and he hears me give Lasalso <laughs> the top of the week then picks him against Wolves on, uh, on Sunday. Nice. And there's absolutely no doubt that Mourinho is listening because thanks to Anchor, that uh, that podcast platform, our estimated audience is 20 people. So I'm sure like at least Mourinho is like contributing to that amount. Has to be, has to be. <laughs> well, uh, we've hit the 32 minute mark and I know Mr. Luke Carell has a, an important business meeting coming up. So <laughs> we shall cut it there. But that's the third episode of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed and uh, looking forward to the next one. Hopefully, we'll have two wins to talk about uh, around Christmas time, and we can play a little a little jingle to make our listeners feel even more festive than they already are. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me again, Jay. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. We're the kings of white alike, the pride of all and the